Welcome to the world of Pokemakers. I'm Professor Fierce. And I'm Professor Fierce. But if that's too confusing, you can call us... JD. And Alex. For some people, Pokemon are pets. Others, use them for battles. We're here to create all new Pokemon. And a world for them to inhabit. Last time, we had our part of the Pocket Podcast Network blockbuster event, where we introduced the world to Kitanic. That event will still be ongoing at time of release. And the next podcast creates a plot, and the next podcast creates uh, actual play of that and then so on and so forth. So if you listen to our previous episode and you haven't continued with the blockbuster yet go and check out Cult Classics. And of course before that we created our first gym leader with Christina, Kiara and Kiara's signature Pokemon, Lizwap and Trinkatola. And before we get started with today's topic, we have some breaking news! <laughs> Pokemon. There's new Pokemon. There's several new Pokemon released in the trailer for the DLC yeah. for Scarlet and Violet. There's Diplin which is a branching evolution for Applin? Well, a third branch, because obviously yeah. it already had two branches in Flapple and Appleton. Mm-hmm. And that makes Applin only the third Pokemon to have more than two branches to its yeah. evolution. It's another grass dragon type, and it just looks like another Applin dipped in some sort of candy. It's cute, though. Yeah, it's a candy apple, and there's two worms in it. Terrifying competitive Pokemon players is Archaladon. Sure is something. It's a new evolution for Duraludon, because apparently a Pokemon with 535 base stats needed an evolution, or maybe it's going to do like the Sizzle Cleavor thing where it's just the same stats as pre evolution rearranged. Mm, that could be interesting. It makes Duraludon technically legal for Little Cup. Oh no. Despite the fact that its whole thing is it's a skyscraper. It's not little enough for Little Cup. For some reason, it's based on a bridge. I don't know why Archaladon is based on a bridge, and its name suggests it's based on an arch bridge, which it isn't. <laughs> Nothing about this thing makes sense. There are two new Paradox Pokemon. Continuing the trios of the Paradox Legendary Beasts and Paradox Musketeer Quartet? Maybe they won't do Keldeo. Whatever. One of them's really interesting and the other one isn't. (laughs) Is one of them a robot? It sure is. (laughs) Iron Crown is a steel psychic type robot Cabalion and that's all there is to say about it. Yep. Whereas Raging Bolt is the Paradox Raikou, electric dragon type, and it's a Brachiosaur. Thunder Lizard. Brontodon. Brontosaur. Brontosaurus. Bronto is Greek for thunder. Like Brontosaurus is just Thunder Lizard. Thunder Lizard. All of the legendary beasts are therefore going to be in these weird dinosaur forms that make sense for them. And also seeing people talking about and speculate on the fact that maybe they're kind of paralleling the Johto starter Pokemon. Interesting. Because then you have Walking Wake, the Suicune one, similar to Feraligator, and then this resembling Meganium. Interesting. Suggesting that the Entei one could be similar to Typhlosion. It's really cool and interesting. I don't particularly care for the Paradox Pokemon <laughs> in general. They might as well be legendaries, but that is really flippin' cool. And just today... Literally today, at time of recording... We got a new Grass Ghost friend. My favourite type combo. <laughs> the sixth one one to complete Alex's party I of Grass Ghost Pokemon. I have a whole team now of Grass Ghost Pokemon thanks to Poltergeist. Which seems to be a convergent form of, you'd think Poltergeist from the name, but perhaps it's actually to Sinistee? It's a little unclear. 
It's a matcha. It's a more Japanese thing for this Japanese sub-region mm. area, mm -hmm. Kitakami. And I kind of like that, using DLC areas with connections to Japan to add in yeah. more Japanese-flavoured things. Yeah. It's been since Sinnoh that they've had a Japanese-inspired region. Yeah. But doing that as small areas, that's a fun little way to go about that. I like it a lot. And it's got a new ability called Hospitality, mm. where in a double battle when it comes in, it slightly heals up the ally Pokemon. That's nice. By giving it some tea! I like its little matcha scoop. That's it for now! Maybe we'll make some new Pokemon here on Pokemakers. Whoa! Since that's what we do. Today we're gonna do some important groundwork. Some world building. We keep talking about our Rome city. Our Rome city. <laughs> and so I think today it's time that we finally start delving into what that city is made of. Let's do it! Let's head over to the town map. <laughs> had some audio difficulties. Sure did. We're re-recording the bulk of the podcast because whilst we didn't seem to have any issues with the previous part, the rest of the audio was kind of not good. So we have already recorded this episode previously so we know what we're going to say. As we've done once or twice in the past, we're just going to kind of recap what we had previously discussed. Once upon a time, Rome wasn't. And then it was. What? How did that happen? Well, we don't exactly know, but we do know the myth of how, mm. how it's supposed supposedly happened. The myth of Romulus and Remus. Romulus and Remus were a pair of boys who supposedly had lineage going to Mars and Venus and a bunch of gods and kings yeah. stuff of the ancient world, pre-Roman world, and then they were cast out and would have died, but they were raised by a she-wolf. Yes. Which, as I understand it, is what you would call a wolf that's female. <laughs> but you've got to say she-wolf for some reason. It sounds like, I don't know, some sort of other mythological creature. Yeah. It's the he-crab. It's like she-ra, but a wolf. Yeah. These boys were raised by a wolf. From that point on, they build a city together. And from that point, Remus is like, oh, I don't know, what should we name this? And then Romulus is like, I know what we could name it. Your grave! <laughs> but actually, Romulus wanted to name it after himself, Rome. So he murdered his brother. Classic Roman fratricide. Oh yeah. Rome loves some civil infighting. Oh yeah. And that's yeah. why it's called Rome and not Reem. That of course is the myth of how it happened. The records are lost to time and antiquity. Because Rome is so old. So old. And also has been attacked so many times. Oh yeah. So like those records were just destroyed at some point during its history. From there, not that much happened that we're too concerned about for a while. Eventually they founded an empire and ruled most of the known world at the time, which in hindsight wasn't very much of the world. <laughs> So Rome is the center of the Roman Empire. And then later, it ended up becoming the central global hub for Christianity. Specifically Catholicism. Yes. But I believe Catholicism was like essentially the first branch of Christianity. Yeah. And then other forms off from there. came yeah. off from there. And then, of course, much later, we have the Renaissance. Spread across Europe, but Italy was a major place for it. Rome was a big, important central hub. Though mm -hmm. not the origin point. That was Florence. So we'll have to talk about Florence another time, too. Mm. For being literally... The birthplace of the Renaissance. Yeah. Woof. But because of the Vatican and all of that church influence. And money. And money. Church money in particular. Yes. The popes would try to outdo each other over time. That's a big reason why there was so much Renaissance stuff central to Rome. It was being payrolled by the church. And as a result, the city is full of art. Oh yeah. It's a beautiful city. It's ridiculous. The whole city itself is like a museum. Mm -hmm. Which is great for our many museums that we're going to be putting in our <laughs> Rome city. Yes. We don't need to beat around the bush here. So that we're not spending this episode saying our Rome city, let's talk about the name we want to give it. Yes. 
Although the problem with that is we're actually not sure what name we want to give it and we have a few suggestions that we're hoping you, our listeners, will help with. For those of you who've forgotten, the naming theme we're having for our Wrenching Cities is musical terminology. In particular, Italian musical terminology that is still in use in English. But also following on from how, in particular, Sword and Shield, but also following on from, in particular, how Sword and Shield and Gala, but also Paldea, Scarlet and Violet, name its towns and cities, we want to try and have it be the, the name of the location itself includes a word meaning location, city, town, something yeah, along those lines. Yeah, the, yeah. the likes of Postwick, Wedgehurst, Wyndon, they've all got those built in. Mm. And so considering that the problem with Rome, or Roma for Italian, it doesn't do that itself compared to how many other Italian cities do do that. Yeah. One of my first thoughts was looking at Lumio City as comparable, another major European capital city. Yeah, absolutely. Lumio is essentially being named after Paris's nickname of city of lights. Lumios, luminous. So we could go with something along those lines. Rome's nickname being the Eternal City or the City of Seven Hills. The city of Seven Hills Which or is... the Capital of the World. Yeah, all really fun names to draw on. Absolutely. But we ended up finding something else that just clicked for us. And that tied in really to the musical terminology we wanted to use. What I was thinking specifically in regards to Rome is this is the center. This is the base point. Everything comes back to this. Yeah, well everything comes from this. Everything comes from this. This is like... The origin. Yeah, the most important point in music, and what would that be, is essentially rhythm. The, mm-hmm. the beat to any kind of music. The first kind of music, aside from vocals, would be just drums. Having a rhythm that you're just kind of moving to is like the basis of music. In other words, similar to rhythm, even if it's more in terms of poetry usually, but it still works for music, mm-hmm. would be the meter. The meter yes, of the music. the meter. Which the Italian form is metro, which we in English... English would recognize as meaning city. Yeah, like metropolis. Yes. So that is a city word and a music word in and of itself. And it's short and simple. Like Following in Rome and Roma. Yes. So just something along the lines of metro or mitra. Or just metro itself or, or metra. Yeah. The word metro could work as the name of the city in and of itself. Absolutely. Metra being a feminization or an alternate pronunciation thereof. Mm-hmm. So we want to hear from you what you think about the name here. Metro? Metro? Mitro, Mitro. Let us know what you think. That's essentially what we're going with here. Yeah, this just out of nowhere really perfectly combines these aspects and elements we're looking for. It's simple, yet it's complicated, and it pulls at all the right things, and it's just such a short, snappy. Yeah. So there is a simplicity in Metro, but there is also a uniqueness in Metro, and we're not quite sure which one we want to go with. We'd love to hear your opinions on this. We talked as well about the location of this city within Rentia, within Mm. Italy. Rome itself within Italy is somewhat southern and Mm -hmm. towards the west coast yes somewhat central mm-hmm. I would love if we sort of scooted it over a little bit and had it in the very center of our region mm-hmm. specifically to make the joke that all roads lead to Rome it's a place that you will want to pass through multiple times that's where all the shops are going to be there's going to be a lot of plot stuff that you're going to want to revisit there yeah because we'll talk about this a little bit later but it's going to be big yeah 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 I like the idea though of maintaining the fact that it is a coastal city Rome having a port I, like, sure really stands 
points out to me. A port city doesn't lend entirely well to being the centre <laughs> of a landmass. But, like the real Rome, it can be built on a river. Yeah, of course, Rome is famously built on a river as well. Rome originally wouldn't have been a coastal city, but it got bigger over time and expanded towards the coast to have a port there. And now it is coastal. Yeah. At least in parts. We also would want this to be a city you'd visit early on in mm -hmm. the game. And to that, it being on the coast would mean you could arrive there from the island when you first land in the mainland. We obviously mm -hmm. talked about Kiara's town being one of the first towns you'd visit. I could see it going either way. I could see it being that you arrive at Kiara's town and then travel on to our Rome. Essentially travelling up the river from whatever town Kiara's in. And that would work more for it being more central and inland in particular. Mm -hmm. Or it could be that you arrive in our Rome first and then travel on to Kiara's town. And that could be either you've travelled up the river into the city or it could be that we could have like a bit of a divot within the landmass mm -hmm. just to maintain a bit of an oceanic connection. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, oh, we could try and do it some way where I know we've talked about being open world, obviously, but you could potentially be semi locked off from parts of the city when you first visit oh. for one reason or another we could explore as part of the story beats later on or as part of how you physically explore the region. Mm -hmm. It could just be that you arrive in a city and are greeted by someone from the Mother Museum and mm. just go and talk to them first and then travel onwards and come back to the city later to explore it more completely. Sure, yeah. I could see that kind of thing working. Yeah. It's definitely the kind of place you would want to come back to. Oh, absolutely. Having the option to explore more things each time you come yeah. back is... I like that idea. Yeah. Even within it being open world, like mm -hmm. just unlocking more access to areas. Yeah. Yeah. I think you arrive at Rome, but I think let's do it where you've traveled up the river to get there and then you go on to Kiara's town. Okay. Just to get a slightly more quaint side of mainland life. We don't have to necessarily decide on that completely right now though. We can come back to that and fill it in a bit more as we build the full map later, mm -hmm. as we have the rest of our cities and decide how they all slot into place. Yeah. Maybe it will end up making more sense to visit Kiara's town first. Let's talk more about the size, scale, scope of this city. Yeah. Rome is so big. It's huge. Comparing maps of ancient Rome to modern day Rome, it's kind <laughs> of ridiculous. But that gives us a fun way to convey something within the game here. Mm -hmm. Having different architecture in the central area. Yeah. The, the classic ancient style architecture. Uh -huh. Very old Absolutely. styles of buildings. And the further out you go, the more modern the style of building is. Yeah. There will be so many museums in this city so yes. many to some degree I want the whole city to feel like a museum <laughs> Rome is so full of art architecture mosaics sculptures there is stuff everywhere I want it to feel like the whole city is a museum and so like there can absolutely be some open areas that work like that but also we want to have some for-profit museums here oh absolutely to convey that that's aspect the whole point the yeah and that can also tie into how you're separated and locked off from certain areas of the city at first oh it's behind a paywall it could well be. <laughs> I believe we mentioned before, this city will have a gym and a contest hall. Absolutely. And an outbreak. You'll be able to take part in all parts of the different story paths here, as well as other aspects of the story. You know Team Royal are going to have a ridiculous presence here with all Absolutely. sorts going on. Yeah, their yeah, their yeah. base is probably within the 
city itself. Yeah. And there's just nothing anyone can do about it. And part of how I want to convey the scope and the scale is looking at aerial views of some parts of the city. Particularly, like, I think about the areas around the Colosseum, which, again, we'll talk about more shortly. Mm. It's so green. There's so much... Yeah. There's still so much wildlife yeah. and park areas and things there's, like that. yeah, a lot of nature built into the city. And so to that, I want these areas to almost feel like they are roots between cities. That's how big Rome is in this game. Yeah. But different parts of it feel like different cities to the point that you're still within the city, but you're essentially on a route. So there are wild Pokemon around this area. Yes, absolutely. There are news stories about during the pandemic how a lot of these areas saw more return of wildlife because animals could just come out and be there because there were no tourists suddenly. There were no uh-huh. pedestrians. There were no people around. And so these animals could make their homes in these areas. And for the kinds of Pokemon you get there, you'll get all the typical sorts of things. Obviously, we'll have our Cubibaras and mm-hmm. all of the normal sort of whatever Pokemon you'd find there. Yeah. But also thinking about the stories about what would happen in the Colosseum, even if not necessarily true. For instance, what do gladiators supposedly do in the Colosseum? Fight lions. Fight lions. You can find Pokemon like Litleo and Pyro in yeah. this grass around here. And that's how you can justify getting some less typical Italian animals yeah, yeah, in yeah, this yeah. area. Different sections you'll have access to at different parts during the game. Yeah, this place is going to be a whole little region in and of itself. Kind of. <laughs> and on that note, of course, there would almost be a mini region in there in the same way in real life Rome, there is another country inside <laughs> this city. That's how big this city is and how old the city is and how tangled up the history of Italy and the Catholic Church is mm-hmm. that the Vatican itself is now considered a separate country within Rome. Yeah. Which is wild. Yeah. So we'll definitely do something special with the Vatican itself, but we'll talk more about that later. That's a whole... That's its own subject. It's its own thing. Yeah. Because that is, at minimum, another city within this city (laughs) that could have its own gym or its own contest hall or whatever. Mm -hmm. Massive city. Feels like a museum. There is art and architecture everywhere, but also there are monuments to science as well. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. This isn't just art and history that is being celebrated Mm -hmm. here. All of the branches of our museum are represented in this place, out in the open, to the point where sometimes you're not quite sure if you're actually in a museum or not. (laughs) Landmarks? Of course. Rome has so many incredible landmarks. You've done a lot of research. The Colosseum, Trevi Fountain. The Forum. Yeah, the Roman Forum. The Pantheon. The Pantheon, that's the one I was thinking of, yeah. Yeah, so much. The Colosseum, yeah. It's the most impressive landmark in the world this side of Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and it's got so much history to it. These days, we think of the word Colosseum as like a synonym for a stadium, essentially. Yeah. But that's not just a word. That is the name for this location. This is yeah. the Colosseum. The word Colosseum doesn't mean stadium. It means big. It means this place, specifically. Yeah. But it does come from big, but not the size of the stadium itself. No. It's named after a statue that once probably stood outside the Colosseum. <laughs> the Colossus of Nero. Incredible. A statue which we have very few records on even existing but we know it existed because and that's the name of the place the still was named after it. it was originally named the flavian amphitheater and an amphitheater is a more generic term yeah yeah but the Colosseum is 
so specific. But like, we still have a Pokemon game named after this one landmark in Italy, Pokemon Colosseum. Yeah, this is not just a Colosseum, it's the Colosseum. And based on that name as well, statues are gonna have such a presence within Absolutely. our game. Like, it's our legendary mascots. We'll come up with a better name for it later because the Colosseum deserves its own focus episode in and of yeah, itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna have use. to like do something with that. Right? I mean, it could be, say, the location of our Elite Four, or it could be where you face the final contest battle, or both, or any or number of things. It could just be a place where you go and play a bunch of mini games. <laughs> It could be a lot of things. Instead of being the Colossus of Nero, we could name this after our legendaries, for yeah. instance. Or the third legendary, or any number of Ooh, aspects I like that, here. Yeah. We'll see. We'll come up with that later. Again, we'll give it its own focus point. That's really the bulk of what we wanted to say about this city for now. It's going to be very huge, and we'll tie that more into the plot as we build those aspects. So now, it's time for Who's That Pokemon? So Alex, this is your episode to lead on the Pokemon, so tell us about your original premise. No, it's not that original. Why not? I was thinking about regional form. A regional variant? But before that, let's talk about Roman concrete. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Roman concrete has been a mystery for a long time. We've only recently started to figure out how it works. It is essentially concrete that heals itself somehow, and it is incredibly strong and long-lasting, and that's why so many Roman monuments are still standing today. Yeah. A key part of the secret of Roman concrete is as simple as salt water, sea water used mm -hmm. in the mix to make this, which it's baffling that it took this long for us to even try that as an option really. Just didn't, didn't think about it. Part of that is the secret recipe for Roman concrete was never written down. But my theory would be that it's just, they didn't write down any special secret recipe because it's just normal concrete to them. Yeah. Made with the water they had available. Rome became a coastal city. They used the seawater they had available, why would they waste the fresh water they had at land yeah. for drinking and bathing? Yeah, absolutely. It's not just seawater, there's some other science stuff going on. But that's like the big key. Yeah. That's the key that's unlocking it. Yeah, that's the part that has really been a breakthrough recently. We know more about Roman concrete now. But what does that have to do with the Pokemon, Alex? Name me one concrete-themed Pokemon, Alex. So, <laughs> I hate Conkeldur. <laughs> What's wrong with Conkeldur, Alex? Disgusting. The, like, weird vein things? I don't like it. It's strong. I find them gross. They're bulging. I find them unappealing. I think we cover those veins with the toga. We replace the concrete pillars with Roman-style pillars. And actually my concept is replace girders, girder, with a Roman pillar. And then Conkeldur has two pillars with, like, an arch above them. But I would say, rather than this just being a regional variant, let's take it to the next step and actually make this a convergent evolution by making it not just a guy holding stone, but make the guy made of stone and now it's a statue tying into what we've already been talking about it's a with our Pokemon. city. Yeah. We want statues in this region and I think we can absolutely have multiple different kinds of statues in multiple roles here. Absolutely. And this is like a more common statue. This is one that you would see in the wild areas of Rome, essentially. Yeah. And I do like it being a convergent evolution because what is original Conkeldur? if not a conversion evolution of essentially Machamp. They're, they're just strong. <laughs> 
guys. They're just strong fight guys. Yeah, in a lot of ways. They they yeah, not as directly as Pokemon's idea of convergent evolution. Yeah, but they yeah. have essentially two different unrelated species evolving to fill similar niches in different environments. Yeah. So why wouldn't another similar species evolve here as well? And so to that, we can have three completely unrelated Pokemon. Because as well, the names Timber and Gerda mm-hmm. don't work as well in the line. It's a shame because it means we'd be losing the name Conkledur, which is the concrete part of that. Yeah. But like we take those Pokemon and just tweaks. Yeah. Timber, rather than holding a long piece of wood, I'd say it's holding a relatively rough, unhewn piece of stone. Yeah. And then it itself, as a statue, is somewhat rough and unhewn. Yes. And then Girder would be holding the Roman column mm-hmm. and would be a little bit more refined in shape. Yeah, still not complete, but a bit smoother and a bit mm-hmm. more closer to completion. Yeah. And then Conkelder. Finally finishing off. Still a lot of those ideas you had. Still the same body shape, the toga. I think a triangle nose rather than a circle nose. So that would carry through the whole evolution line. I think so, yeah. That's sure. got more Roman Just profile. one of those little tweaks. It's just a, yeah. a slight change. Yeah. And then this one is a fully carved statue. Yeah. Very lifelike. Smooth, hewn realistic. And we had played with the idea of it being painted at this point. Yeah. Because traditionally statues were painted. So starting as the timber convergent form, mm-hmm. completely unpainted. Yeah. Maybe some color being Or the Gerda version could be painted white essentially because I'm imagining this isn't sure. marble in the same way that a lot of statues would be so it'd be more like granite colored in the yeah, first stage. Yeah, then, yeah. then yeah, painted white in the middle stage and then fully colored painted in the mm-hmm. final stage. Yeah. And that's how you can pull in some of those colors like the nose being a distinctly different color yeah and, like that can be a through line although still not like vividly no no ridiculously no. overcolored but like a laurel wreath so you've got mm. some green in there maybe little bits of gold yeah and maybe yeah, yeah. touches of red but it's not like the whole thing is blocks of color yeah it would still probably yeah, yeah, be yeah. mostly white but yeah. with aspects of color little touches yes yeah but completed color yes in its prime. And as a result, new names. Let's mention as well, new type, just rock type. Yeah, they're straight rock, no fighting. They could have been fighting, I think, but being a monotype, I think, worked. It parallels better to the original line. Mm-hmm. And it's good to have some monotype yeah, Pokemon. We're, it's less fun to make monotypes. It, yes, and this is like such a fun exciting. concept that like it can hold monotype on its own. Yeah, especially as we're, again, doing a version of another monotype Pokemon. Exactly. It just makes sense. Yeah. But yes, new names. Bricker, for the first stage again rather than holding this log essentially it's holding brick mm-hmm. uncarved stone yeah then we've got pillar holding the pillar and finally for this sculpted statue sculptor so it's still maintaining the same suffix mm-hmm. from the timber line the that, er at the end u double r yes which isn't quite how other convergent forms have done it but there's no rules there's no rules yes naturally of course they have new abilities and they are the same throughout the whole evolution line mm-hmm. for the two main abilities we've got water absorb and water compaction. Leaning into the seawater effect of seawater essentially allowing the concrete to self-heal. Two similar abilities water absorb being when it's hit by a water move rather than taking damage it absorbs it and heals. Mm -hmm. Water compaction still taking damage but then boosting its defense stat. Mm -hmm. So it's using that water in different ways and that gives you some really fun space to play in when you're using this in your team. Your opponent's got to think like would my water move still do a lot of damage but boost its defense which maybe I'm not worried about 
about, or would it actually heal it? Yeah. Its hidden ability is Mold Breaker. Yeah, which is one of those abilities we don't tend to give out very much because it's not the most flavorful ability, mm. but it kind of just feels right. Yeah. You know? It does. All it does is prevent other abilities from affecting it for the most part. Those are our new Pokemon. I love yeah. them. Yeah. I hate Conkeldur. <laughs> I love Sculptor, my new friend. <laughs> So today, we have summarised our discussion on our new city, the capital of Rencha, in essence, which we want your help in choosing a name for. It will either be Metro, Metro, Mitra, Mitro, weigh in! An absolutely staggeringly huge city that you'll unlock more parts to as you explore throughout the game and as you mm -hmm. develop. So big that it's essentially got roots contained within it with wild Pokemon, different areas that are completely separate, different architectural styles yeah. to convey when it's been built over the ages. And so full of art and history and science that you're never quite sure whether or not you have accidentally stumbled into a museum or not. Except that you would be sure sometimes when someone asks you, you to pay. <laughs> and of course we have three new Pokemon, completely new, brand new OCs, do not steal. <laughs> Definitely not basically three Pokemon that already exist with a fresh coat of paint. <laughs> Bricker, Pillar, and Sculptor. Which are convergent forms of Timber, Gerda, and Conkeldur. Three mono-rock-type Pokemon. Making use of Roman concrete. So thank you for listening to Pokemakers. And thank you to the Pocket Podcast Network for hosting us. You can find other cool shows in the network such as... Green Mountain Mysteries. The Tia and Rio Show. And Cult Classics. Who are next in line for the Pocket Podcast Network summer blockbuster. Our theme music is by Mike. Freitag. You can find him on Twitter at Admiral Amara. You can also find us on Twitter at Pokemakers. And you can find us both individually. I'm at CodenameJD. And I'm at Pichu P-T-C-H-E-W. Don't forget to check us out on the Pocket Podcast Network Community Discord. Or if you'd prefer, you can send an email to fiercepodcast at gmail.com. But until next time, gotta, gotta make them all. Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket. Hi, I'm Brittany, and I have a bachelor's degree in film and television. And I'm Jessica, and I have a bachelor's degree in equine studies. What would happen if we put our heads together? We would come up with the new best worst horse movie. Like a movie where a horse is the best hard-boiled detective the city has ever seen. Or a movie where horses are fighting in the front lines in a space war. We're doing just that here at Colt Classics, a new show on the Pocket Podcast Network. Join us every other Monday for good horses, bad plots, and all the bad horse movies you never knew you needed in your life.